welcome to episode 51 of the Motorific Podcast. We thank you. We thank you for joining us. And for this episode, we're going to cover just a couple of interesting um, news stories. Um, something that caught on fire that might, hopefully hasn't happened to you. We have a new, there's a new company introducing footwear, new uh, motorcycle boots and shoes. So the new manufacturer to choose from, including women's boots as well. And I have a ride report from West Virginia. It's actually Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia. From the weekend, last weekend. Um, actually, the weekend, I guess, before last. I can't remember. I can't remember what date we're at now. And uh, just a couple of other random pieces to catch up on. Oh, uh, we should probably, I guess, talk briefly on the Scully helmet. That was all in the news. Did you see anything about the Scully helmet? Yeah, I did. You did. So, I did too. And I think it's cool. I mean, sure. You know, if, I think if you are looking for a helmet that does those things for you, great. You know, everybody wants something different. Me personally, I'm not interested in anything like that. I, I really, I'm one of those, I really prefer to have a product that's wholly, wholly completely focused on the safety aspect of it and not other stuff on top of it. It's like, I want the best helmet in the world and I want the best gloves in the world. So they literally blew away their Kickstarter. They, yeah, they went over three, like, I think like three times exceeded their goal. That's Quite a few high spenders waiting to get their uh, high tech helmet. So rock on. Yeah, no, it's not for me, but it's, I think it's great if that's something that you need. It seems like actually a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, it's not something that I specific. I'd rather blow my thousand on a new suspension. It's kind of <laughs> what my priorities are, and I already have a spectacular. I have three spectacular helmets, so I'm what I want to. That's just my priorities are a little bit different. I'm and really to be honest here, even if I had a killer suspension, I still wouldn't throw down a thousand dollars for that helmet. Just yeah, because I mean, it doesn't have what I need. Even. Even for the bell helmet where they'll scan your head for a thousand dollars and give you like something that perfectly form fitting. Like would that rather would pay be, for. Yeah, that, I mean that, that I, would be more yes. appropriate, but even so, my head fits just fine in, in the regular standard bell and, yes. and showy helmet, so I'm yes. pretty cool on that. But Me too. but good for you yeah. if you are getting one. If you do get one, we'd love to see it or if you want to send photos or any kind of Yeah, or feedback if you've I guess do they have Try you know. Uh, I have no idea. Well, I know they've been giving it to people. I saw something on Revzilla, so they've been sending it out to like press press people. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's making the rounds. I know they had an event, I think, in San Francisco. So I'm sure they're doing all kinds of pressy things to get it yeah. out, the word out, which seems to be working. So good for you. It's good for them. Good for Scully. The other piece of gear news. Okay, so this company that's coming out with footwear. Oh, I just lost it. Let me forward that to you. It is. Where the hell is it? Oh crap, I just have it too. Wait a minute. Is it this one? Let's see. Okay, I can't find that article. <laughs> I'll find <laughs> that in a second. But I actually just found another one about a. Uh, actually, I think I saw this um, on Facebook and I just didn't really pay much attention to it. It's like some new gear shop that opened that opened 
like a woman's supposed to be a woman's specific motorcycle apparel company, but it's based on what I've seen, it's not protective motorcycle apparel. It, it seems like it's casual. Company um, or shop? A shop. And Are I we talking the one that's outside of Sturgis? I believe so. Here, I'll, here's, I'll post a link. She carries actual, if we're talking about that one, she actually carries more than just apparel. You mean more than casual. Is it this one I just linked to? This is Minnesota. Oh, okay. No, yeah. the uh, It's Doris. I think it's Doris Schumacher. It's mm. off the top of my head, so forgive me if the last name is wrong, but I've seen her post, and no, she actually carries legit... It's like a women's only store that's on your way to Sturgis, and she mm. carries all the different brands, so that's protective. This... Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's a ladies riding apparel company called One Sexy Biker Chick, there's a good chance that she's not mm. selling... Pretty sure something was rated right <laughs> yeah i think that's casual i remember i think i've yeah. seen her at the motorcycle shows um what's the other woman's store called the other one oh, you're gonna put me on the spot huh? here you do that and i will look yeah, yeah quickly we're clicking for this um i'm gonna look for this other article that i saw it's called it is doris schumacher so i'm right it's called ride empowered and it's women's uh women's motorcycle apparel and it's in Sioux Falls, just outside of South Dakota. And that's a women's-specific shop. So she only carries women's protective gear and probably apparel, if you will, as well. And I've seen her post a couple of things on uh, on some of the groups I belong to on Facebook. And she seems like a very solid individual. So I think next year when I head up towards Sturgis, I'll make it a point to call in and say hi. What's it called again? It's yeah, um, Ride Empowered. E M P O W E R E D. I think I've seen that on the internet as well. Yeah, I think I've seen that um, mm-hmm. on Facebook and all around. Um, I still don't think there's really anything just for women yeah. as far she, as high end gear. She carries. Uh, I would be curious if she actually carries. Icon, Alpine Stars, Speed and Strength, First Gear, River Road, Built While Rolling Sands. But yeah, hey, it's a good start. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're on your way to Sturgis, you're not going to have, you know, Climb and some other uh, Dakota. brands. Yeah. So more or less, she's catering to the uh, cruiser-ish crowd. And then parts of South Dakota as well do off-road, but... Based on her offerings, it looks more like motorcycle protective gear for the cruiser set. But hey, don't we deserve a store where we can walk in and not have to look for that tiny little rack that's the women's, apart from the other 10,000 square feet that have men only? So Yeah, no, definitely. It's on my list. It's on my bucket list someday when I have bullets of money that I can throw yeah. down for real apparel. Shakopee, um... Minnesota is where this... Uh, apparel company that you're talking about is Uh, sexy is not an age it's a look it's sexy is not an age it's not a look it's an attitude when women come into our store we give them the ability to get their sexy back Mm. definitely different interesting quote got it for motorcycle apparel different from the other store got it that's nice wow (laughs) 
more power to you. I will hide my sexy underneath my Dainese or my Climb or my BMW touring gear. I feel like I ride a motorcycle. is not enough. What else do I need to add to the mix? Like, do I need to wear It's true. Like, I don't know. Just personally, I don't. That's not a really an issue for me, I guess. I don't. I've never really thought about that as, like, I need to look sexy. I feel like I don't really need to try it. I don't need to, like, put any effort into that. I don't really care, frankly, if people find me sexy or not. I don't. It's just not in my, not in my, um, you know, my line of sight. But, hey, if you need that, hopefully she can get it to you. I just linked you the footwear company. Mm-hmm. And if you, um... Google the company name. There is a website for it. Um, looks interesting. There's some like they have a sneaker. They have a couple of ladies' boots. They have kind of your typical taller ladies' boot with a little heel on it. Very similar to what TCX offers. So that's another, at least another choice. Because there's a lot of, there's quite a few European companies that we just don't see here. I don't, and they. I think like this, they kind of slowly make their way over when someone here is willing to distribute them. And it's probably hard. I'm guessing it's just difficult for overseas companies to find distributors here who are willing to take on their products and purchase, you know, so many of them to actually sell them here. So more options are always nice. Always a fan of more options. Yeah, especially female options. Because as a boot shopper myself... I can tell you I'm wearing men's boots, and they actually fit pretty well considering they're a men's boot. Shocked to say that they're not extra wide. Actually, I will go out on a limb to say that the women's CD boot that I have, the Fusion Lay, is wider Hmm. than the Gore-Tex Adventure boot for men Hmm. in the the footbed. So it feels to me. Who knows? It's a different last, so maybe small men's feet are narrower. The smaller they yeah. are, I guess. I, I would say something that's like somewhat that. true because I've never sized a man in something as small as a European thirty-nine or forty that had a wide foot. That just yeah, I ended up having so, a forty. So um, that to me makes more sense. I can see that. I can see why that it is. Usually, folks with forty-threes, like men's nines and tens and elevens, are where the wides tend to fit. It's certainly mm-hmm. up to like 13s, 14s. Actually, there's a lot of men with very wide feet at that size. Um, yeah. Someday I envision, I hope for a taller, like I really want a, not knee height, but just below the knee, like a calf, over the calf height boot with like carbon fiber inserts or some kind of reinforced protection on the inside so that the ex- the outside can still look casual. You know what I mean? Like, But no one, I don't know, maybe someday we'll see something a little bit closer to that without a high heel because on a sport bike it's just ridiculous to wear a heel, an extra, like an, inter- like an external heel, kind of, you know, your like typical biker boot that has a heel on it, like an external. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I want like a solid sole, like a wedge, like that. I could actually ride in, um, but I couldn't. I can't ride in like high-heeled style boots. Who knows? Maybe CD will make us one. Thanks. But um, it's nice to see more companies coming over here from the U.S. It's definitely not easy. 
What else? Oh, let's talk about we the have... fire. The spider fires. <laughs> it's a bummer. So spider had a recall. I believe. Well, yeah, the the National Highway Transportation <laughs> Safety uh, is it administration? Mm -hmm. Something close mm -hmm. to that. Yep, the NHTSA. Um, we're investigating two recent fires that, although are unrelated, one of the fires was related to a traffic enforcement vehicle. So apparently the police in Morgantown, West Virginia, used the spider oh. for traffic enforcement. And another one uh, caught fire in the Mojave Desert. And so apparently they're opening a preliminary investigation into the following spider models. The 2013 spider, 2008 to 2012 Let's just say, for comfort's sake, 2008 to 2014 Spider. So that's almost all of, like, I think when it started, the model years up until present. So yeah. Ooh. That's, well. that's scary because that's pretty much the entire spread of their lineup and Yeah, that's a bummer. Time. That's a bummer. I hope, I hope you haven't, if anyone out there rides a Spider, that you haven't had any safety issues with yours. But if you ride one, you may want to check with your dealer and just say, hey, is there any kind of recalls or anything I need to be aware of just in case just to check everything out you never know I yeah and then, of, then of course on the friend of the podcast front Jason Pridmore has now joined forces with Ducati and is no longer affiliated with Suzuki I saw that does that mean Ducati is going to supply him his fleet yeah. Yes. Very nice. He's entirely rebranded with Ducati, and their first event is at the end of September, 29th and the 30th, in Austin at Circuit of the Americas. So it's a, a two-day two -day instructional event with Ducati demos. Probably, my guess would be Colin Edwards, but maybe. Um, nice. Guest rider appearances. You would think. Uh, catered, catered breakfast, lunch, dinner. Maybe Ben. Maybe Ben will show. But uh, yeah, so it's, I think it's set up as a bring your own. That's kind of exciting to be able to ride on Circuit of the Americas and get instruction. I mean, come on, hanging out with Jason. He's awesome. We love him. But this event is a bring your own. That sounds awesome. So congratulations, Jason. And hopefully everything turns out awesome and you sell all of your 90 tickets that are available for this event at COTA. I certainly would like to ride COTA at some point. And not as a part of that very awkward parade lap that they do for GP. Yeah, it'd be better to just actually be able to ride it. That would be really Yeah, because cool. I think people actually crashed. Like, I think there was an accident when they did that little, like, parade lap. Well, you could do it at Laguna Seca. I remember every year I'd gone that you could sign up for it, and it was just yeah. a slow lap to be able to say you could, you've could ridden it, but not, like, a track day. But you no, can sign of up course for not. You're not. You're not dragging a knee and no. and if you're marquez you're not dragging a shoulder no but i can see <laughs> when you go idiots. around the track yeah but uh yeah i think i would rather do like not even being a person who who rides a a sport bike or, or goes around a track yet for some reason i get a better vibe for coda than i do for laguna seca like i think the corkscrew would sh scare the the living crap out of me oh it looks so fun so we wish him luck with his new partnership with ducati and what else do we have on the news front? You said events are coming. There are some events going on. Yeah, I just saw that, um, I think ADV Magazine, they're having an event. It's like the first ADV. God, let me see if I can go to my feed and find it. Are you talking Carson uh, or no. uh, Tahoe no. next weekend? No, 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 no. For the magazine. Got ADV it. ADV Magazine. 
I believe they're having an event. Because uh, the Carson ride's next weekend, too. No, no, no. It's not the Carson ride. It's called ADV. It's specific. Like, the name of the event is has ADV in it, and it's in Virginia. And they post, someone posted it in the, I think they posted it in the BMW Women Riders Facebook group. I thought you saw it. Um... So not on it. Oh, it's pretty oh. sure. I thought yeah, it was for that's, the uh, magazine. That's Paul and Nicole's magazine. Yes, I thought it was for that. Because when I saw the logo of this event, I'm like, hey, that looks like the magazine. Travel um, Film Festival. Yeah, like oh. I saw someone post that, and I thought, oh, that that's really cool. This event, that ADV Moto magazine, if you haven't. If you're not a subscriber, they're actually a really nice magazine for adventure writing. They're having their first inaugural rally in uh, Gore, Virginia, September 26th to 28th. I think there's only 100 people who are attending or who can attend. So it's a very small event and not everybody can come. So if you want to go, it's uh, $75 for the rally only, $150 for the rally and an ADV training class. And they have a lot of sponsors, KTM, Climb, AMA, Turretech. Twisted, a lot of companies, Aerostitch, First Gear, all the big names that you'd expect to see, I think, at a, at a rally. It looks like they'll probably have more, too, but it looks cool. Prizes, oh, man, it's close to me. Man. <laughs> and it's uh, end of September, September 26th to 28th. I'll be in San Francisco. I'll be in North Lake Tahoe on the 28th. Hopefully I'll be riding that week, though, so, somewhere. But if you're anywhere in Virginia, check that out. That sounds awesome. And not to mention, if you're anywhere near Carson and Tahoe next weekend, um, August 21st through the 24th is the Carson-Tahoe Moto Rally for uh, ADV. And as well, for the end of September, is also the KTM Adventure Rally. And it's the 11th annual, will be held in Taos, New Mexico. Mm. And it's the 19th to the 21st. Sounds fun. So fun, all these events I cannot go to, but I can't go to any events, but I'm trying to get in some riding, so I definitely want to share with you my ride report from West Virginia. I've been dying, pretty much been dying to ride in West Virginia since I moved here, because looking at the Google Maps, that was the only section, that was the only kind of area within a day's ride, or half a day, that I could find with really some really nice, potentially twisty roads. You know, still not exactly Northern California. However, some really nice stuff. Definitely better than anything I've ridden out here that weren't just a series of 20 back roads put together. Like, you know, highways. Like a route. Like an actual, uh, you know, numbered highway that goes for like 20 miles. That kind of riding. Um, so we went, basically we left after work on Saturday night from Revzilla uh, and... We rode to Hagerstown, Maryland, which is about three hours off the interstate. So we just totally skipped, you know, the equivalent of five and stayed to the stayed basically on a on a back route through Amish country. Actually, <laughs> kind of cool. So we um, basically started on Route 30 going west and then we dropped south to get into Maryland. And we left really late. I mean, we left at six o'clock in the evening, so we didn't get until 11 because we you know, we're going slower. We stopped for dinner. 
um, at this really cool diner, actually, right in the middle of the Amish country. And I saw the sign. I'm like, diner, that looks great. Let's pull over. Because <laughs> it, it just looked really cool. Like, it was out kind of in the middle by itself. I think I have a picture here on my uh, on my blog. Do you post. see any buggies? Yes, actually, almost hit a buggy. Awesome. Um, luckily, my friend was in front of me, and he saw the buggy first, because the buggies have reflectors on the back, but the problem is... They do, is, the little triangles. But the problem is, if you're not directly behind it, you can't really see the reflectiveness. Ah. Like, they're not, you know, and, and it sucks, because, you know, they've had to... Do, every buggy we saw had something, and you know it's because people are getting taken out left and right. So, if you ride through Amish country, definitely want to slow down and look for the buggies and the horses and people on bicycles too. I mean, people are out riding bicycles on the, on the highway or on the route, on these back road routes too. But, um, I'll have to add a photo of the diner. It was really cool. It's called Jenny's diner. And they, I had the largest country fried steak I've ever eaten. It was very good. Was well, awesome. that's what that thing was. That you took a picture <laughs> of chicken fried steak. Um, it was delicious. So this, it was just neat to find like a local place and, um, stop and eat there. And then we kind of leisurely rode into Hagerstown. So it was about 145 miles or something like that, 150 miles just to get there. And um, if you're ever looking for pet-friendly and motorcycle-friendly um, housing, Country Inn and Suites is great. It's kind of like your Comfort Inn or your Best Western, you know what I mean, that level of, of um, hotel. Just like your straightforward, clean, non-smoking hotel, which I always stay at. And pet and motorcycle friendly, so that was really nice. We also stayed in one when we drove across country. It was great. So we didn't even book a hotel <laughs> until we pulled over after dinner. And Evan asked me if I booked a hotel. I go, no. I just figured we'd book one <laughs> on the way. So I called, pulled over. I called, and they had rooms. I mean, who's you know, it's Hagerstown, Maryland. Wasn't a lot going on there. So basically Sunday was the big day where we figured we'd try to get 400 miles in at least to try to max out as much riding as possible. Um, you know, so that's getting up and having breakfast at nine, not come home till six. It's like that for me is a pretty much a typical day of riding these days. Like I don't find myself doing half day rides anymore. Like I used to, you know what I mean? Like I used to go yeah. out at like 10 come back at four and having, you know, with a couple hundred miles because I didn't have to go very far to get to, to ride. But given everything's far now, it's like now I'm doing these really long, like that. that's why we left Saturday night and came back Monday because I can't take more time off. So this is the only way I figured was to do it was go 150 miles and then ride all day Sunday and then spend Monday coming back. Nice. So, yeah, so it was really cool. And and Sunday was fun because we got to cross over from Maryland to Virginia and then West Virginia. Um, and that was really fun. So we pulled over a couple times to take pictures uh, in West Virginia. Do you know Earl Ray Tomlin's the governor of West Virginia? I didn't either, but his name's on every sign. Wow. <laughs> you can see. So you were, you were quite the state hopper. Well, they're really close together. You have to remember here... You're only 10 right. minutes from another... St I'm five miles from Jersey, and I'm only, like, 10 miles from Delaware. Like, yeah. states are all close together. Yeah. So, in an hour, you can be in four states. So, it was of course, awesome. it's, it's a totally California thing to say, but... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, on Sunday, we went through three different states. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. I mean, fr and Saturday night, it was PA through Maryland. 
and Sunday, basically all four of those. So it was really fun. I didn't get to go as far west as I wanted because really all the, it seemed like really great roads were further west, but that really required another day off. Like if I did mm. Saturday, like full Saturday or something, it would have been much more doable, but that's okay. We still got in 413 miles on Sunday. So we rode all day and just, you know, pretty, I had a route written down just as like a rough guideline, like let's start here and then at lunch, see where we end up and then, you know, look at the maps and decide where we want to go. Like there wasn't, you know, there isn't anything really set in stone. And I'm sure if um, we had more time, I bet there would have been really fun, like back road kind of roads because we stuck to all of the routes, what I guess the highways basically didn't um do any like side roads so if i go back i definitely want to do that but definitely found some california worthy twisties really nice the roads and the roads are paved perfectly everything is paved beautifully bright yellow lines the pavement's black it was just awesome no traffic like hardly really. I mean, there's a car every now and then, but you're not, it's not, it's nothing like riding to Alice's where there's just tons of cars and bikes or anything like, so it was really nice to just be able to ride around wherever and, um, yeah, and have very little traffic. It was awesome. Saw a couple of, you know, CHPs, but they didn't give us any trouble. And, um, so Sunday, that's pretty much how far we went. And then Monday was fun because we decided to go to Gettysburg, which is basically an hour and a half west of here if you jump in the car and just take the highway or like two hours. So we took the auto tour of Gettysburg and you get to drive through all the battlefield sites and the cemeteries and all the other historic sites. Um, you know, if you've Hopefully you've been to high school and you studied the Civil War and um, you know that the North, basically the uh, the Union Army, had lots of help from different northern states. So there's actually signs in all these different areas of the park that show the various regiments that came to help um, with the battle of, or in, in that battle in Gettysburg. So there's monuments for Massachusetts. There's a monument for... Um, the other Virginia. There's a monument for Pennsylvania, and I didn't know this, but Pennsylvania apparently sent the most people. They sent like 30-some thousand troops or something, and so they have a ginormous monument that's bigger than anyone else's dedicated just to Pennsylvania, which I thought was really cool. And then, um, yeah, and so you basically got to drive through where all these different um, regional armies set up camp, and then they show you, like, this is where the big battle was. And, you know, there was this overlook, which was basically where the Union Army had its outpost so they could look down on the Confederate Army. And, you know, we heard all about how they, basically how they won the war and all the strategies. And it was really cool because the park is still pretty, you know, it's besides this road, <laughs> besides this one kind of one-way uh, road that they have paved through the park for you to take the auto tour. I mean, the farmland still sits there and 
you know they haven't like built stuff on it you know what i mean because it's, it's a national park but there's still residents there people live there there's like a random house there'll be a there'll be like a random house and a garage and then a sign that says private residence so you can't go in there but there's people living there and that's kind of cool to live like where the battle of gettysburg took place kind of neat but it was um it's just really really pretty and then you know really cool to see like basically how the states were formed based on the you know if it weren't for this particular battle like winning the war it would have been totally different we would have probably a completely different setup of states you know what i mean it's like it just would be very different today and thought that was pretty neat there's a museum so you can go check out the gettysburg museum and see you know civil war artifacts and all the weapons they used and all that all that stuff and there's some educational tours they do it's really cool i actually love to go back there and like spend some time um learning a little bit more be neat do you know that uh, i think steven was in the same i was seeing pictures Granted, it wasn't at the same time, but you guys were within 24 hours of each other going to Gettysburg. Stephen who? Grasso from oh. uh, the Cafe Racer podcast. But wait, I swear I saw like similar photos you guys were posting. I was like, do they know really? that they're... No. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like he was passing through that area. If those were actually at the time. And I know he was. he's on a road trip because he's at oh. some, um, some event for, uh, for the fire department. But uh, mm. I was seeing some similar stuff, thinking, I wonder if they're going to run into each other. <laughs> I had no idea. I would have tried to, yeah, I would definitely would have tried to say hi or meet up with him or something. Yeah. Um, nope, I did not even know he was there. But, um, oh, I have to mention, too, like, if you go to my blog post, there's a photo at the top of uh, somebody getting his tires. Because I guess he had, st- somebody still had stock tires on his speed triple from 2007. I think the tire dates are wow. 2006. And so, wow. yeah, they're the, if you're a Michelin fan, um, you know how awesome Pilot Power tires are. He had the original Pilot Powers. They're on four now. They're on the fourth iteration of the Pilot Power tire. <laughs> like, I have threes. So um, he got new Pilots. Instead, he got Pilot Roads. Um, but he, I posted a cute photo of how he strapped the tires to himself to get them mounted um yeah by the way if you have a speed triple you know that uh not everybody has a 46 millimeter nut or wrench to take off that rear tire so if you haven't yet make sure you find someone who has a 46 millimeter uh wrench to get that off because that was an issue but that was the only hurdle after that it was all smooth sailing so my next plan is to do uh, I think northern is to go up north toward the Jersey and New York border and try to get to the Poconos. I don't know how far that, I don't know if I can do that on a Saturday night to Monday, but um, our entire trip was like 780 miles. So I think it's doable, I think, to try that again. But I'm awesome. shooting for New York at the end of the month. We shall see. I'm all about getting Joanne out on nice long rides and having her just completely happy so that she comes back the following week and gives these glowing ride reports about how she's found these roads that are comparable to California. Hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, balancing what we, what I want to do on a weekend. And, like, next weekend we're going to have a barbecue. So that weekend yeah. out. Clearly, clearly and, uh, someone went out and bought some uh, some brew. Well, we got to have beverages. 
So. And now I'm totally jealous because there is a chocolate chili ale that they make in Maryland, and I'm looking at that thinking, um, isn't that cool? Send one to me. It's so random, right? Yeah, we makes me want to go into a, a beverages and more out here, wondering whether or not they carry it. You know, well, the the Bevmo is certainly are, are comparable, I think, in terms of. Well, the Bevmo is different because you get everything there. You get beer and hard liquor. Mm-hmm. Here, you have to specifically go to a beer distributor, and then if you want boot like hard liquor, you have to go to the hard liquor and wine person. So they're so they're, they're broken up as far as yes. who carries what beer and, and beer and wine are different from hard liquor. Yes, actually, beer yeah. is separate from hard, from hard liquor and wine. And oh, really? Yes. Not even beer and wine together. No, That's weird. and exact right. And you have to go. You can't go to CVS or grocery store for it. There's specific yeah. stores, which is fine, I guess, whatever. But it's just kind of annoying. But at least uh, this distributor is around the corner from our house, and it's huge. You get cases of beer. You have to buy a case. You can't buy a six-pack. Um, <laughs> so, you, yeah, you have to buy cases. And But there's so much. You know, they, they had it broken up by state or, like, regions. So California, Northwest, Midwest, South, Atlantic, Northeast... So you could shop by region, find beers, wow. and, yeah, in different parts of the country. I mean, they didn't have like all the local microbrews in California, but they had some. They had some, just not everybody, because I don't think all beer people, I don't think all beer companies or breweries export their beer out of the state. I think some small ones, you know, they just stick to like regional distribution, not national. But um, this is place, it, huh? is that stuff the Old Forge Brewing Company? Is that who made it? Which stuff? The that we chocolate bought. stout that you got. Um, I thought that was from the Maryland brewery that James had commented on. I don't remember. I was just typing randomly into the internet trying to find the chocolate chili stout <laughs> and Old Forge came up and I'm looking at the description for this. Sorry to turn the podcast Let's from see. motorcycling to beer. Oh. And their description of this had like double chocolate stout with poblano and habanero peppers. It's so weird. Like a spicy So look beer. for Old Forge. Sounds weird. Um, yeah, this Duclaws one is Maryland. It's a Maryland brew company. But yeah, I bet if you go to a Bevmo, you'll find something similar. Or like you know, but that that is one really interesting, cool thing about the beer distributors here is they get beer from all over the place, and you have so many choices when you go to a distributor. Everything from Miller's Lite or PBR to you know really expensive, fancy beers and ciders and stuff and. Um, it's huge, and there's, they have a whole seasonal section. So there's mm. this one little room where it's just the seasonal beers from, like, 20 different breweries. You can find every, anything you want. You can get the cheap, you can get Heineken, or you can So it's like get, an all-beer Costco is what it is. Yeah, it's a beer distributor, so oh, all you could buy is beer. So and then, you know, and then they also have, like, beer steins and a couple of beer accessories but pretty much it's just all beer and all in cases and it's so cheap because you get a basically i'd say the at least the beer we bought average price was about 35 dollars a case that's a costco price yeah i mean that's that's pretty average and then if they have a sale like last time we went they had a sale so for 20 bucks we got a case of this other brand so that was a particularly cheap case but the prices vary based on the beer, but yeah, yeah, it is, I'd say, a kind of a Costco price, but beer, and then I had to get some soda, so I bought some Fresca. But, well, yeah, nice. wedding party, uh, 
Sunday. Uh, hit me up if you're in Pennsylvania and you want. Yeah, and you want to have some really great beer, and then just tell me all about it and make know, me drool here on the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, you want some beer, or you know, don't really message me on Facebook. I would love to um, meet you. Message me, and I'll send you an invite. Go over and rub Benny's belly. Sure. So far, we're not expecting a ginormous volume of people, so it's not going to be a rager. Well, now that you put the beer thing out there, I think James will probably come out. <laughs> I invited him. James, Chris, come on. I invited him. They make it. He's like, what? Um, Joanne's bringing a beer? I'm in. But it is on a Sunday. Sorry. My days off are Sunday and Monday, so we tried to do it early. Yeah. No, Sunday's a perfect beer drinking day. Yeah, we did it early Sunday, so. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much... Um, all I'm up to this week, and then, like I said, hopefully the week, hopefully the Labor Day weekend is when we will do a prop, another ride, like a ride ride, uh, north. Cool. Like, yeah, because you hopefully have like an extra day, right? No, unfortunately not. We're just it's normal weekend for us. Oh. But um, that's okay. We'll probably maybe we'll do a driving camping. I don't know, but we're gonna do something. So. I'll I'll keep you posted, and then hopefully we'll be able to record. Maybe we'll record I happen, early. I happen to get out on a little bit of a ride this weekend. Um, I don't know how you pronounce it exactly. I think it's Ether. Ether Apparel. A-E-T-H-E-R. Oh, Ether. Ether, um, yep. They have a shop in San Francisco. Yeah, they're on uh, Melrose. And they did a release of the Overland Journal fall issue and a, an ADV ride tied to that. So I was meeting Scott with Overland Journal over there, so I went and tagged along. And sadly enough, my tires are getting bald. So not only are they street, but they're also slightly bald. So between that and wanting to go somewhere and not hurt myself before, I decided I'm just going to go to where the pavement ends, and then I'll catch you guys later because I also had some other stuff to do. I rode with them, and I was the only woman, which would have been awesome if I would have continued going on dirt and just, you know, kick some ass. I looked at, in the tank bag, the clear picture of the tank bag, the the turn-by-turn instructions, and went, oh, wow, we're going right by my house, and we're doing um, Angela's Crest. So I was in front of a lot of people, and once we got to the base of Angela's Crest, I was waving on a couple of guys, because I knew that I was going to probably take the turn slightly slower than some of these folks, and, and I'm totally fine with that. So I think maybe... Ten guys went in front of me, and then five were still behind. And they didn't seem hell-bent on passing me at any point. And I was actually quite proud, because between the instruction that I get from, from Jason and the instruction I get from Walt... You should be covered. I was pretty happy about going around those corners. I probably... Average speed was dirt? probably like 45 or... No, on, on street. Uh. But, I mean, we're talking Angela's Crest, so it's super curvy. Okay. And uh, I'm not usually someone who goes pretty fast around those corners, but uh, I'd say the average speed for me going up Angeles Crest was somewhere around like 45 or 50. So that's pretty good for me. I don't think I What's ever went under 40. I think it's probably around that. Usually, I remember hitting one of these roads slightly under the speed limit thinking, wow, this is probably not, you know, the best thing out there. But uh, no, I mean, I was... Doing a pretty good clip, and good. wherever I had a straightaway, I was going pretty fast. But um, so I'm riding, and then the guy in front of me peels away, which is fine. They're also on 1200s and like 1190 KTM as well, so they have a little bit more power. But I'm going, and I'm looking behind me, and you know, the guys are at a fair distance, so I don't feel like I'm, you know, must ride out of my element to, to hurry up. And I see a deer on the horizon. 
so I shoot my arm up, fist, you know, fist up in the air as the cue for everyone to stop. And I, and I do a, an e-brake with the, the front and the rear. And I have, of course, my, my ABS on because we're just on road. And these guys come up behind me and they stop. And they're kind of, I can see them kind of like look at each other like, how come she isn't going? <laughs> the deer already crossed the road. And then two seconds later, another deer runs across the road. And they're all looking at me like, oh, how did you know that? And uh, the guy comes up alongside of me. He's like, you okay? You know, gives me a thumbs up. And I nod. And then we keep going. And then the next time we we actually stop towards the uh, catch up with the rest of the group, those guys peel in behind me. And we're maybe with the group, you know, for like a minute. And then then once the guy in back, you know, the sweep signals, we're all here. Everyone takes off. And I kind of look over my shoulder to see if these guys want to go past me and and they kind of do the no 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 it's good you lead we're cool <laughs> so i went back in my leading these five guys and when we finally got to the edge at vasquez rock where uh we were taking a break and and the road ended and so they were going to do some off-road and i and i broke away i got off the bike and took off the helmet and the guys are like wow you that was all how did you know that there is another deer coming and they were just mystified as to how how I was dialed in. I'm like, well, you know what? When one hits you, you learn a lot about deer pretty fast. Um, and they always travel, uh, never single, but mm-hmm. always in at least two, if mm. not a pack. So that was kind of how I explained it. But it was really cool, first of all, feeling kind of confident that I was keeping a good pace for what I what I've been used to, you know, in the last six months or so. But on top of that, having these guys kind of no, 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 it's cool, you lead, you're looking out for us. So it was kind of neat, you know, good feeling to know that uh, while I'm not necessarily the fastest person out there, I'm probably a little bit more aware of my surroundings, just given the fact that uh, that's happened. Um, but anyway, that was kind of cool. And then after that, I went over to meet Fonzie on the mm-hmm. west side, mm-hmm. and we uh, did the whole Sunday Mass spiel at uh, Deus, so... That was uh, an interesting day filled with uh, with hipsters, I guess you could say. Mm. You know, ad- adventure hipsters in the morning uh, with respect to the uh, apparel. And uh, in the afternoon, the cafe, cafe hipster. I've never heard of an adventure hipster. I usually... You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> adventure hipster because... Uh, Were they new either... and they just bought these bikes? Ether, no, well, no, but I mean, Ether, they're a apparel company. Oh, it's yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. the Esquire. No, no, it's no, like I... the, the Esquire man. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with Ether, but I just mean these guys on 1190s. I, I assume they're. No, no, I the, the guys that we're riding with, for the most part, are seasoned. Did not fall under the hipster category. Okay, I'm like, I didn't there know were that some, was a thing. but most of them were, you know, off-road Overland Journal enthusiasts. Mm. But uh, the Ether guys. I'd say fall under, in my opinion, a little bit on the on the hipster side. Just just for the purpose of, you know, it's your Esquire male that goes out and buys a, a really nice jacket that may or may not have pockets for for any uh, CE-rated protection. I, but um... mostly to the adventure rider uh, is okay. their market. Right. Okay. I just thought maybe these are, is this a new, like a whole new fangled... I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to do that. They're, they've partnered with uh, Rawhide well, a couple of times. No, I, I guess I could see that. But, like, you know, when you think of your kind of stereotypical hipster, it's someone who's, you know, they're buying a old sportster or something. And 
you know, that's something you can manage as a new writer. I don't think you mm-hmm. can just manage an 1190 adventure or, you know. No, but there was an NC700X. Though that makes more sense. I was just in my mind envisioning someone yeah. who had never ridden buying an 1190 adventure and just trying to figure it out no. in his flannel t-shirt and some <laughs> some vintage BMW GSs <gasps> That's cool. and and that NC700X and mm. he was a nice enough guy but my eyes kind of rolled into the back of my head as far as <laughs> you know it wasn't the automatic it was the shifting kind sure but I I'm just he was telling a story about how he was on a ride and there was this guy, he was trying to boost the bike, you know, uh, showcase the bike in its best mm. possible exploit. And so his story was something to the effect of, we were on a ride, and they had an NC700X, and they let this guy who was like a Paris-Dakar rider huh. ride this, and he just dusted everybody. And I, and right after he leaves, I, I look at Scott and I say, well, I mean... It could have been the guy riding the motorcycle, not necessarily the motorcycle itself. And then, of course, you know, started chatting about my favorite photo of all time, which is the one of Robert on his chopped up Indian going over the gravel with the gentleman standing next to his BMW that has fallen in the gravel with the long face. Like, how is that guy managing? And he's just blowing right by him in gravel. So, I mean, yeah. I'd say it's all about the rider, not so much the NC700X. I'm sure it's a nice bike. And if you're riding it, forgive me, I'm not necessarily knocking your motorcycle. No, no, it's no, really no, no. the fact that Honda no. makes an automatic bike that just freaks <laughs> me out. Well, they do make, you know, scooters. It's just, you know, it just makes they've tarnished it. Their, their, they've tarnished their ADV bike for me because they made it an automatic transmission. I just, well, I never even consider that bike as an ADV bike at all. To me, that's a street bike that looks ADV, but it's not really. Like It's, it's a it's a spinoff on the GS because they've put the tank underneath the seat, similar to the way BMW has had it for the yeah. last 10 or 12 years. Like two inches off the ground compared to a true ADV. You know what I mean? Like they seem too low. Like they just don't seem capable of actual. They are. Their, their seat height, I think, is much lower than, than a stock BMW. Yeah, it just. Or just, you know, compared to a KLR or even an F650 or, you know what I mean? They just, like, when you, when I look at them, they just seem way too out of the true ADV league, but they look, certainly look cool and have a nice, I actually like them because they have a friendly riding position, a really nice, comfortable street riding position. I think that certainly allows someone who's a first time rider to ride proficiently and comfortably because it's. You know, it's comfortable. It's like a, a expected riding posture. Your feet are below you, and it's ergonomically seems very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a really nice way to get get oriented. Um, you know, and you know, yeah. you can always switch over to a manual later. But uh, but it is I mean, weird switching back and forth. I'll tell you that if if you're currently riding this bike or have a different opinion, I am super. There are certain bikes that really just force me to have an opinion where it's very it's not in the middle it's it's either polarized one end or the other and that's one bike and then the other bike that i had an opinion on that i actually met the the pr guys for suzuki and ducati and we were talking about the cb 1100 that honda now makes and the one of the guys was huge fan of the motorcycle and more of the actual performance of the bike than the aesthetic 
but still like the aesthetic. And for me, the aesthetic of that bike is awful. I hate the CB1100. It was supposed to be like a throwback, kind of a retro homage to the CB750s and the 500s and whatnot. Right. But but the it just looks terrible. It's very. They should have. It's modern. It looks too boxy. They should have taken the same aesthetic of the 750, but just bigger engine, tricked it out. You know, gave you better electronics. Yeah. But yeah. So I mean. Some bikes bring this opinion out in me. Most bikes, not so much. I'm kind of indifferent for a lot of things, but those two hit a nerve. And I love Honda. I've owned Hondas, so I'm not anti-Honda. But, yeah, for some reason, it's just those two bikes, man. Everybody has a different preference or opinion on what they like and what they don't like. And And I love the CRF CRF 250, I think, F or CR250F, one of those. I can't... One of those. I can't remember what the... That's a little dual sport 250, right? Yes, and it's street legal, and mm-hmm. I want to try that bike so bad. I, I really would like to have a smaller dual sport to kick around and do, like, short yes. rides with. Yeah, sir, CRF250L. Thank yeah. you. That sounds really fun. But yeah, everybody's, you know, we're all opinionated. That's why we have podcasts, because we're opinionated. And exactly. Like, you know, you like everybody likes what they like, and that's great as long as you want to ride it and as long as you enjoy it you know awesome that's really great for you we are all for the greater good of motorcycling so (laughs) but there are certain lines i think that you know you don't want that are really hard to cross and like you know comparing true adventure bikes to something like an nc 700 which is not in my opinion that is something that there's really no gray area to me it's very obvious that is not something you it's just different it's just a different vehicle and it's a great bike as it is on its own it seems like an incredible it's a honda you know hondas are reliable they're inexpensive well inexpensive ish reliable vehicles you can't deny that and i love i actually really like japanese machines because to me they're the most affordable options and you can seriously mistreat them because I, for one, have seriously <laughs> mistreated my motors- my Honda in the past. Oh, uh, speaking of uh, new bikes, they finally announced the 390, the Duke. Ah. I, where did I see that? It's finally Jensen. really coming. It probably was Jensen. Jensen. Jensen posted it, but it was, it was the, uh, it was like an adventure version. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> That's even better. But, um... No, this one is a 390 Duke with ABS. This one's actually street. Oh, okay. Because I thought that he posted something that looked like the adventure version. I'm like, really? That would be awesome. Um, This, let me see. Let me look at his article. Um, The The KTM 390 Adventure. Yes. Um, That was what he posted. Yeah. Oh, he did. I thought that was like a rumination. Or is there an actual um, release date in that article? Ah, this isn't the 2015 KTM 390 Adventure, but it is coming. No, I mean, he says, no machine has been more leaked, rumored, and anticipated than the KTM 390 Adventure. So, Frankly, the leaked part, I thought, was the 390 Duke, because that is what I've been waiting for. Um, Well, you can get that in Europe. 
The mm. interesting part about a 390 adventure is that the 390 engine, as far as what I've heard, because granted, um, I was trying to get myself on a 390 outside of this country because I figured it would never come into this country, so I wanted to test mm -hmm. this bike. I've heard that it just vibrates like crazy. Well, it's probably a single. And so yeah. turning that engine, if it does have that kind mm. of issue, into an adventure bike is kind of a, ooh, I don't know. Well, that that, that will remain to be seen. Well, they are able to take the, uh, you know, 690. I mean, the 690 SMR, which was which is the supermoto race bike, that sucker is a crazy, crazy thumper. But it rides completely different than the 690 Duke. A thousand times different to where I couldn't even tell I was riding a single. Like, it was just so different. So, yeah, you know, those Austrians, they're creative. They're smart. I'm sure they could figure out something, but um, I guess I was wrong. Darn it! I thought that I thought somewhere I'm gonna Google some more because I could have sworn I saw an actual release date for the 390 Duke. They um, said I've heard it recently in the last two weeks, and I had heard it's fall of uh, 2015. 2015. That's yeah. what I heard too. Um, ah, Psycho World. They have a mention yeah. about the fall. That would be awesome. That's like the only bike I would consider taking bike payments on and actually buying new. Like there aren't any other new bikes I would really want to spend my money and take out, you know what I mean? And spend new on. I just, everything's so expensive. There's just nothing to me that's worth it. But this one, this is like the only thing I would totally go out and buy new. Oh, my apologies. It says this fall and the article was dated oh, August 5th. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, so that means like in a couple of months. I'll have to uh, maybe call a dealer and see what they say. Ooh. Call your dealers. Find out what they say. See if there's like a waiting list. Yeah. If I talk to any dealer, it's going to be the one that's across from the D store in Costa Mesa because they're a little few and far between as far as uh, a lot of support out here. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews about local KTM dealers. Actually, you know what? Uh, Pro Italia, now that they carry KTM, they might be able to answer that question. Although yeah. I don't know if they'd actually carry the, the 390. I don't see anything about what MSRP might be. But I have um, to guess it would be somewhere in the 5,000 range. Six. It's got to be somewhere in the five to 6,000. Well, but Sorry. remember when we were talking uh, quite a while ago. Yeah, theory. price and release date have not been announced. That's my, I'm going to um, gamble about five. I remember you talking to a KTM rep when... You were still at mm -hmm. I, about, I harassed him about the 390 Duke. Yeah, and but he had said that they wanted to keep the price point somewhere in the 4000 range. Yeah, but who knows? That's, yeah. you know, that's a long time ago, too. And I'm just knows. saying that would be great. That would be incredible. Let's see. Fingers crossed. So if you're in the market for a, uh, a new bike or maybe another, just something to add, look out for the 390 Duke. All right. I think that does it. For me, once again, I'm in a late yes. night rush. Um, the but... end of episode 51. Did you even say 51 in the beginning? Yes. Okay, cool. Sorry, I probably spaced for a second there. I think pretty sure I did. If not, I'll go back and fix it. <laughs> hey, it doesn't um, matter. We said 51 now, and you're listening, and it came up in your RSS feed. So thank you again for joining us. Um, we will definitely come back next week. 
hopefully we will try to come up with another something else on Monday for you. It'll probably be a Monday or Tuesday. So let's have a party on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, since Joanne will be partying and I'm drinking partying. beer on Sunday. The minute I saw those beers and saw the Sunday <laughs> reference, I was like, yeah, we're not recording on Sunday, are we? Well, <laughs> Although yeah. that could be fun. <laughs> it could be. I'll keep you posted. Joanne so, tipsy for the podcast. It'll be Sunday or Monday. Maybe we'll see. Uh, thank you again for joining us. As always, you can find us at motorific.com and on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash motorificpodcast. Uh, drop us an email if you like. Drop us a Facebook post. You can find us on Twitter as ADV Goddess and Gearcheck. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We will talk to you again next week. Have a great week.